Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU-related. I am one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy or Lord of Thunder, but at this point you may also know me as Agatha. And I am Bloodwing, the Slim Reaper, the Dragon of Purgatory Chasm, Sorceress Supreme, Scarlet Bitch, and Ex-Gene Incubator, new stage name, incoming, Violet fucking Knox, although it's still your girl, Jenny Mack. Freshly vaccinated at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. Thank you very much, Robert Kraft. Yeah, I just got mine done too. My sister hooked me up with an appointment, so I got yes. mine. Both of us vaccinated. If you're eligible in your state, you know, whatever your whatever your restrictions are there, if you got the opportunity, let's go ahead and get vaccinated so we can at least kind of sort of get back to normal. Because mm-hmm. I'm really fucking over the pandemic. Even though Jenny and I did get to see each other uh, this past weekend, which was really, really fucking awesome. Because it's been like, what? Two year and a half, two years since I was up there last time. Yeah, it's been a while. Rescue trip to grab merch from Joe's band Lich King down in Florida. We managed to not see anybody during the spring break apocalypse down there. We kept oh, it God. kosher, but um, I did swing through Atlanta and get to give Jake a hug. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it was awesome. I got a fresh new badass dagger lady. Yes. <laughs> it's so dope, yo. So, thanks to Sten, Sten Viking Liberty Tattoo on Instagram. He is one of my favorite artists, one of the dopest dudes you'll ever meet. Shout out Liberty Tattoo on Ponce in Atlanta. That's my family right there. You need something done down here, go holler at him. Yes. As always, a quick little spoiler warning. This is a rewatch podcast, so we will potentially be talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics, and this week we'll be covering the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier titled The Star-Spangled Man, uh, which is about John Walker and I hate him. And that's actually how we open up the episode. Uh, we have John Walker in that locker room getting ready to go on his little Good Morning America broadcast. And I don't care what they try to do with him to try and humanize him. I hate John Walker. Fuck him. It's going to be fuck him until he gives up that shield. But I will say that Wyatt Russell is killing it as John Walker. Yeah. The John Walker hate for me is also not directed at Wyatt Russell. He's great. It's fun to see another another Russell in the MCU yeah. post-ego. So, Oh, Kurt Russell finna be in a... In Love and Thunder. Shut up, really? They just confirmed it, yeah. Oh he my god! Old, he might be playing Old Man Thor, um, which I think would be really cool. He's got the crazy thick beard. Oh my god. He was down there in uh, in Australia, and he was at a rugby match with the cast, and it recently just got announced that he actually is officially confirmed to be in the movie, so yeah, I'm really excited about That's that. That's awesome! Ooh, I'm really glad we got to talk that, that little MCU news tidbit. Yeah. Yes. We will get back to the to the mini-episodes here in a little bit, but Jenny, like she said, she was on a little, little trip to rescue some merch. Uh, life's been a little hectic for both of us, but we will get back to those mini-episodes here soon, too. Yeah, for sure. And um, we have some other content, too, as you know, so yeah, luckily you yeah. haven't been starved like we all no, were all. for, what, a year and a half, so... Yes. Oh, my God. That was so bad. I'm so glad that even <laughs> though we've got this six-week break here in between uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki, one, we'll have Bad Batch, which will be fun to watch, even though it's not MCU content, but at least we don't have another year and a half of no MCU shit <laughs> coming. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be good for us to catch up and really get into the history a little bit. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, John Walker is an entire twat. Yeah, fuck him. Um, I, I've said this on Twitter. If you come in my mentions defending him, I'm going to call you a Trump supporter. I don't care if you actually voted for Trump or not. It's my Twitter. This is my shtick. And if you come in defending John Walker, I'm calling you a Trump supporter. John Walker is a fucking narc. 
I just the way it is. Yes. I did put the A cab post up on Instagram. That wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a kick out of that. So sorry if I offended people, but you know what? Also get fucked. Agreed wholeheartedly. Um, I don't like John Walker. Everything he stands for is trash. He's like where he's a patsy. Yes, where where Erskine told Steve that you know don't be a good soldier, be a good man. John Walker literally got the Captain America mantle because he's a perfect soldier. So fuck him. I don't like him. But I will say that this Marvel Studios opening with the band playing the Star Spangled Man goes super crazy dumb hard. I love that so much. That was really sick. As far as John Walker in this opening scene goes, I really don't have a lot to say because I just really don't like John Walker and you can't humanize him to me as long as he has that shield. Again, it's just fuck him. From this scene, we did get some uh, some facts about John Walker. It looks like he's got a black uh, girlfriend or wife, which one of our friends on Twitter also, I, I think that Lamar Hoskins, Lamar Hoskins ties into this as well. They seem to be real tight and have served, served in the army for some years together. But it's it's one of those things that even though you can be a white person and have black friends, but you can still be a shitty ally. And John Walker is like the epitome of that. Yeah. And we see and we see a little bit of that later with Bucky. Yeah. 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 I was not pleased with James Buchanan Barnes in that moment. Walker is on a press tour a lot like Steve was when he first became Captain America. He's a decorated war hero. He's gotten three medals of honor. It apparently has no actual like enhancements at all. He's just at the peak human condition. We don't have, he doesn't have any enhancements that we know of. In the comics, he did get his powers from the power broker. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the theory section because I think that is something that we could see. I have an idea from somebody on Twitter about how that might end up happening. I said this last week when we were talking about Sam at the Smithsonian giving up the shield and he speaks very eloquently. Walker doesn't speak as well as Sam does. He just says buzzwords that would excite Trumpers and he makes me sick. Yeah, he's a little more rehearsed. He's a little bit more like a salesman versus yes. an actual public speaker. I think there's a big difference. Now, they're both talents, but... I mean, a lot like Steve was when he was, you know, selling war bonds before he actually became Captain... Well, when he was Captain America, but before he actually did any kind of fighting or anything. Yeah, totally. Just kind of hollow. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That The, the scene of him throwing the shield, like, yo, I hate that clip so much. That shit makes me sick. Can you please take that shield from him? Like, I know Sam and Bucky say that. Well, Bucky says that later in the episode and, like, they can't actually do it. But there is a possible... There is an avenue for that, perhaps. But I, I don't... I don't like him with the shield at all. And the worst part about this scene is the fact that Bucky is watching all of it and it's destroying him. Yeah, that sucked. He's hanging out on the floor like a soldier holding in rage like a dude, bro. (laughs) Oh, that little lip quiver. Yes. Losing Um, his shit. Yo, and then it got real bad for Bucky when Walker said he felt like him and Steve are like brothers. And like I said, that he says nothing of substance, just only buzzwords. But like, yo, when he said that shit, I really almost threw something at my TV screen. But I also didn't want to break my TV over John Walker. <laughs> He's not worth it, Jake. He's not worth it. Definitely not. Blast but like Jenny said, out your car. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Sebastian Stan doesn't say anything in this scene, but his acting is just on point. A lot like Mackie's is. You can see so much in their faces, the way that they emote without actually having to say anything. And as we see Bucky get made fun of for, that's kind of his M.O. (laughs) (laughs) Both Hayward and Walker have a couple of one-liners and a couple of actions that are kind of smooth, but still overall just fuck both of them. I know, but you know we all love a douchebag, so you love to hate him, but you love him a little bit. 
I really do think that my opinion of of Walker will change some when he doesn't have the shield any longer. But there are some things that could go about him losing the shield that would just make me not like Walker at all. So for now, he's Captain Douchebag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. They just did a big marketing thing on Twitter where they dropped a whole bunch of John Walker merch and like, who the fuck is buying that? Trump supporters. Ugh. Like they got a Funko Pop of him as Captain America, and it'll literally be the only one from the Falcon and Winter Soldier set that I don't have. I'm not buying a John Walker fucking Funko Pop. You fuck might him. buy the end. No, fuck him. Not really? not as Captain I'm America. See if you're gonna eat these words. I'm gonna see if you're gonna no, eat them. Not with that shield. There's no way in fuck I'm buying a, a Funko Pop of him holding that shield, and then he's got his hand up in the air. Yeah, fuck him. I'm not buying that shit. Fair. I gotta. I literally have 116 joints back here, and that's not gonna be one of them that I got. Fuck him. <laughs> Now, if they make a U.S. agent one, that's a different story. But John Walker is Captain America. Nah, I'm not buying that shit. Mm-mm. Nope. So then now we cut to Sam at the Air Force Base. And like we just spoke about Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie does so much emoting without actually saying anything when he's looking at these Cap is back posters. It just, you can tell he's torn up about this. Torres says that- And he uh, hates that every corner he takes, it's right in his face. Yes. They're everywhere. There are six of them that I think that we see through that scene. Like everywhere you turn, there's another Cap is back poster. And it's just like when Tony died and everywhere anybody looks, it's Tony. Yep. A hundred percent. Torres says that uh, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. And Torres, I don't agree with you. Fuck him. He's a terrible person. This time, fuck you, Torres. Yes. I love Torres so much, but but in this moment, yeah, no, fuck you, bro. You defended John Walker. You're a Trump supporter too, Torres. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so I got two things with Bucky showing up here. He really just pulled up on Sam at the Air Force Base. And he doesn't say, hi, what's up? He basically just politely says, fuck you, and asks why Sam gave up the shield. That's true bro shit. Yeah, 100%. He, right here, this is he actually calls Bucky Buck twice in this episode. And this is the first time he does it right here. But when he says it on the plane, um, he Bucky tells Sam that he can't call him that because that's what Steve used to call him. And it's just weird that he said it right here and Bucky doesn't really take stock of it. But it also could just be because Bucky is so wrapped up in the fact that Sam gave away the shield and he's just mad about that, that he didn't really pick up on him calling him Buck that time. Bucky really thinks that Sam knew what the government was going to do with Sam giving the shield back. And he truly and and it just sucks that Bucky thinks that because Sam really thought he was doing the right thing here. And while I largely disagree with Sam here in this moment, it's largely what his arc is going to be for the show with him you know, accepting that mantle and becoming the next Captain America. Um, But he really did feel like he was honoring Steve's legacy by giving the shield back to the Smithsonian. Um, But Sam also probably should have known that the U.S. government fucking sucks and they were going to do some shady shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's one thing we keep learning over and over. Yeah. In real life and now in the second Marvel property of this year. Yo, and then, so they're having this argument, and Sam says, what do you want me to do, call America and tell them I changed my mind? And that shit just killed me, yo. (laughs) Right here is where this scene actually gets kind of tense. Bucky says that Sam had no right to give up the shield, Mm. and... Skirt. Instantly in that moment, my stomach yeah. dropped. I was like, oh, Bucky, no. And and Sam says, this is what you're not going to do. And I, I want to once again shout out this largely black writer's room because that uh, is definitely a black phrase. 
But he tells Bucky that you're not going to come here with your overextended life and tell me about my rights. This is definitely a race thing, especially talking about the era that Bucky grew up in. You don't get to come and tell Sam, a black man, anything because Bucky's a white man who enjoys privilege for his entire life, even when he was blending in as a winter soldier. And Sam's just not having this shit. And I honestly fucking get it. Mm -hmm. We really dig into what Bucky means when he asks what could be bigger than this in the therapy session. But we'll get to that towards the end of the episode. Then the, the convo gets funny again. And I think they've done a really fantastic job with this show of balancing the tones and switching back and forth between the serious and emotional stuff and the comedy. And it's really, really effortless at this point, honestly. I think it also speaks to a male friendship dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's how guys are. You, if you need to air shit out, I, sometimes it comes to fisticuffs instead of talking about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so far. Yeah, and I mean, I, I to be honest... I am curious if Sam and Bucky will ever get heated to the point where they kind of come at each other physically like that. Yeah. We'll have to see about that. But Sam fills Bucky in on the flag smashers. They argue about Red Wing. <laughs> and then they have the the big three combo from the trailer preview clips that we saw. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and Bucky makes a remark about Gandalf. And then Sam wants to know how he knows about Gandalf. Because I'm a nerd. Yeah. He says he read it in 1937 when it came out. And like Jenny said, I would just like to point out that Bucky is a fucking nerd. <laughs> Maybe smooth with the ladies. But dude read The Hobbit when it dropped. And then the last thing he did before shipping off to war was taking girls to the Stark Expo. So, like, Bucky just on some whole ass nerd shit, yo. <laughs> we love nerdy boys. Yeah, yeah. They're the good ones. Get yourself a nerd. And I'd also just like to quote Unforgivable. But you ain't no nerd. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that YouTube video so much. Could have swore you were. Oh, my God. That the, the sorcerer is just a wizard without a hat line. I know that we've all seen that from the, <laughs> the preview clips, but that shit is hysterical. It was so cute. Yeah, Sam's hysterical, and he says he just came up with that in the moment. They're getting ready to ship off to Munich, Germany, and I love that Bucky just like decides he's coming on this government-sanctioned mission. Like He just shows up out of nowhere and is like, yo, I'm coming with you. Yep, fuck you, I'm coming. Again, <laughs> bro shit. I love it. <laughs> yes, 100%. So now we do cut to Munich, Germany. And they're sitting on the plane, and this is the first staring contest in this uh, episode because we get one later there in the couple's therapy session. But the way that Sam and Bucky just stare at each other all the time just fucking kills me. The way that Bucky just stares at everything in general is hysterical. <laughs> but when Sam does it back to Bucky, love well, also it. the poor thing, it's his PTSD. Yeah. It's like the thousand yard stare. Like, that sucks. Yeah. Yikes. But he does a great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, both both of them just do a real great job of emoting stuff without actually saying anything. Um, and it's, yo, it's wild. We're to the point now where Sebastian Stan has been playing the role of Bucky Barnes for a decade. The first Avenger <laughs> came out in 2011. It's 2021. Oh my it's been a whole God. decade. Not happy anniversary. Yeah, good for him. And then I, th I think we mentioned this in one of the WandaVision episodes that Paul Bettany is the first person to play an MCU character in three different decades. Yep. Because um, the first Iron Man came out in 08 and then obviously all of the 2010s and then the 2020s. And it's that's been a fun that was been a real fun thing with cool. um, with Paul Bettany is is watching that yeah, Paul Bettany in for an interview. Oh, my God, that would be so fucking awesome. I'd lose my shit. How could we do that? How do we do that? Hit people up on Twitter and make the podcast get bigger. OK. Yeah. So y'all tell your friends to listen. Appreciate it. Love y'all. And just start like showing a lot of love on Bentley's posts. Please yeah. let us interview you. We love you. So much. Yo, but this plane scene uh, right here has real big the Winter Soldier parallels with both of them jumping out of the plane without parachutes. 
Uh, Sam's got the wings, so it's not a big deal for him. Uh, but Bucky jumps out and just fucking falls. <laughs> Falling with style. Yeah. Well, uh, to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot of style in this. He was just hitting trees and shit. No, just the just <laughs> oh, the, sleeve the sleeve rip. rip. That was Oof. pretty sick. Up on me, choke me with that vibranium arm, bro. <laughs> Yo, but one thing that they keep doing is they keep using that Black Widow pose when she, well, her and Gamora, when they get thrown off on Vormir and they just kind of like lay there and they're dead. We've seen Monica and Bucky both end up in that pose and it gave me real bad vibes for Monica in WandaVision when she got thrown out of the hex. I was like, yo, they got her looking like Gamora and Black Widow. Some bad shit may happen to her. And then they do it with Bucky here too. But I I think it's just kind of like a, just one of those parallels and references, but I'm really going to need Marvel Studios to stop traumatizing me. I don't want to think about Gamora and, and Black Widow's death in every show. So can y'all please stop? Sam tells Bucky that he got his whole fall on camera and it's just real funny. I love their dynamic. We get Bucky swatting at Red Wing right here. <laughs> yeah, this scene here, if this wasn't filmed at the goat farm in Atlanta, I'm a baby back bitch. It looked so much like it to me. I, I can't not point these things out. They get me excited. Wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. And you I, I don't notice as much stuff like that because I don't know. I just don't pay attention to shit like that. But it's it's real cool that you I'm an architecture nerd. So I look at this. Yeah, that you stuff. pointed this out twice. Yeah. So. So, yeah, that there's that's Jenny's thing. She's going to keep telling us where the shit was filmed at in Atlanta. And we'll have that in Miss Marvel and Spider-Man 3. Oh, by sure. the way, my friend Chuck B is in that opening scene on Good Morning America. He's in the crowd. He's got a blue dope, on. He's dope. in the front row over to the right. Dope. And he's looking very handsome indeed. Yeah, go ahead then, Chuck V. Get it. Do it to him. So we see the Flag Smashers here and they're moving weapons and they're like legit just picking up like big ass boxes of like missiles and shit. We mentioned this last week that that core group of Flag Smashers all have gotten the Super Soldier Serum and we come to find out here that there are eight of them and that there are eight new Super Soldiers running around, which is obviously not... Oh! I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of the hateful eight, yo, if you, if if y'all haven't seen it on Netflix, there's actually a four parter of that, and they're hour long episodes. Yeah, so you get a four hour version of the hateful eight. It goes so so hard. It's really I might good. do that because I honestly haven't seen the whole first one. So I'll just do the four parter and break it up and enjoy. Yep, I hadn't seen it when I watched the four parter, and then I went back and watched just the theatrical release, and it's one of those things that you know. The movie itself is fine, but, you know, whenever you get to dig into some character background and then get to add the deleted scenes that they took out, I mean, a lot like the Snyder cut, it, 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 yeah, it makes it a whole lot better. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Sam says they're not assassins here because Bucky just wants to, like, run up and just, like, start fighting everybody. And I guess this is kind of true and maybe like a reference to Bucky's past as the Winter Soldier, but Sam just murdered like 13 terrorists last episode. (laughs) So like, okay, guy. Yeah, with no apprehension whatsoever. So that line just really didn't hit that hard for me. It's still kind of funny, though, because I'm also just picturing like I want to do like the way I would play COD or something is like totally spray and pray. Like, I don't give a fuck. Just run and gun. Let's go burn it all down, bitch. Like, and I feel like that's what Bucky wanted to do. So like he even says, he's like, yo, I got a vibranium arm. Like what the fuck are they going to do? Cause at first he thinks there's just a couple of them, but we get this scene right here where Sam, where, where Bucky's kind of like sneaking around in the barn. And Sam says, look at you all stealthy. A little time in Wakanda and you come out the white Panther. And then Bucky says, it's actually the white wolf. Ring. Literally screamed. 
pointed at the screen on the Rick Dalton shit. Yep. I I did say that this was coming on our previous episode, and I, as I as much as I love being right, I didn't think it was going to happen this early. But yo, so if we get something in in the future, possibly in this show or in in a future property, and Shuri says something along the lines of the White Wolf is home, I'm literally going to cry. Um, I just can't wait to see Shuri again. Yeah, so much. And that's one thing, like I, I said, I think we talked about this last week, too. It may have been on the preview episode, but I could see them showing up in Wakanda for a short scene if they need to get some kind of technology to help them take on the Flag Smashers. New shield, um, even? Yeah. 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 Ooh. Yeah. Oh! But yeah, we, we talked about this last week, too, and Bucky probably feels like Wakanda is his home. That's the only place that he's, he's ever really felt at peace. And it, it, for Wakanda to accept him and feel like that is Bucky's home as well would just be like wildly emotional. So I really do hope that we we do get to see that in the future here somewhere. They're they're sitting there and they're kind of taking stock of what's going on. He says, I got the vibranium arm. I can take them on. And Sam says, I can fly. Who gives a shit? And, and just once again, their banter back and forth is just fucking fantastic. I also really like that we're having gratuitous use of shit. Yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. bring on the cursing in the MCU. Yep. You know I'm yep. for it. Lady Sailor Mouth over here. Oh, I mean, y'all hear how much I cuss on the podcast, so <laughs> y'all know I love cuss words. Down to clown. They have the little their little banter back and forth about it it being Bucky thinks it's only two people, and then Sam uses Red Wing and they end up finding that they're they think it's seven and that they've got a hostage, but we find out that that, that hostage is Carly here in a second. But the the trucks leave, and I really love this shot of Bucky running and then Sam taking flight. And the cinematography in the MCU is, and I think will continue to be fantastic. And I don't want to hear anybody talk about that it's not cinematography because a lot of it's green screen, because that's just really disrespectful to the special effects artists, because that shit takes a whole lot of work, and they do a fantastic job. That rendering is crazy. Yeah, they do a fucking fantastic job with it in the MCU. We're trying to get someone on soon for an interview. They they yeah. agreed, so I need we just need to schedule it. But yeah, a dear, really dear friend of mine that. got to work on some stuff for the first episode, so we're gonna have him over here soon, probably for a Patreon interview. Yeah, I'm really excited get about Get excited. That. Anyways, continue. Um, well, Jenny's got a note here asking if, if this was a trap here with the second truck. Yeah, and, I was confused. I mean, so Bucky just like hops up on the truck like it's nothing. And there's another truck behind him just watching like nothing's well, going he, on. I, I'm not sure what I mean. What I think one of them's got medicine and stuff on them and one of them's got the like actual weapons. But I do think that you may have a point here because they do hear Sam and Bucky make a noise and then they don't investigate it at all. They just turn around and walk to the trucks. Um, so they very well, very well may have known that even if it wasn't going to be Sam and Bucky, that somebody was probably going to be there because they definitely do have Carly set up as like an ho- as a hostage in that second truck. And I really do love her reveal right here because Bucky calls her a little girl and then she just smiles at Bucky and then rocks his shit and he lands on sick. Yes. Um, and it, like I said last week, they thought that that guy that jumped out of the building was the leader of the Flag Smashers. And I said, nah, nah, nah. The leader is Carly, the girl. And that's the thing is she's the one that was handing out the mask. I hope her name is Bitch Hunter. <laughs> Put the mimosas down, bitch. Then they jump up on top of that second truck. Sam sends in Red Wing and Red Wing spraying. But Carly just jumps up, snatches Red Wing and just snaps him in half. And like, ouch, that hurt. <laughs> bitch. 
we see here that the the Flag Smashers fight really well together. They fight as a cohesive unit. They're tossing Bucky back and forth between the two trucks and just kicking the shit out of him. Sam obviously can fly, so it's a little bit easier for him to jump off and escape and stuff. Then we have Walker and Hoskins showing up to, like, quote-unquote, save the day and honestly fuck them. Yeah, I just feel like they have a little bit of gall. Yeah. So so during this fight scene, we see Bucky catch the shield. And to be honest, he should have just jumped off the 18-wheeler at that point and dipped out with the shield. <laughs> you, we see, I feel like we almost see the thought flicker. Yeah, definitely. Walker using the gun here with the shield during this fight does have heavy the first Avenger parallels. But I honestly really hate that he's using a gun as the modern day Captain America. Yeah. Um, Steve has used the gun um in in obviously in the war uh in world war ii and then there is a scene in avengers where he does pick up a gun and shoot at some of loki's dudes but that was one of the things where you know you talk about cap was fresh out of the ice he didn't have the gauntlet to recall the shield at the time didn't have another weapon so i i took but i don't like that john walker is like strapped up like a fucking fed and is using a gun in these close quarter fights yeah there was a different energy to it yes and again he just fake off fake-ass dollar store knockoff off-brand Captain America. And for me, him using the gun like that just really proves that point to me. Again, that speaks to being the perfect soldier and not a good man that Steve was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Bucky's hanging on to that 18-wheeler, and then Sam swoops underneath both of them and saves them, and they roll in the grass, and they end up on top of each other. It's a Lion King moment. Yes. Oh, yeah, Nala and Simba, yes. (laughs) It's still fuck John Walker, but... uh. My man throwing that shield under Hoskins when he gets tossed off that 18-wheeler was smooth. Yeah, that was sick. It was real smooth. And he really thought he was going to do some shit against Carly. I just love that Carly decks his ass the same way she did Bucky. And that John Walker ends up on uh, somebody's windshield like a fucking bug. Bitch ass. Mm-hmm. Hate him. So now we cut to Sam and, and Bucky. They're walking back to the base. They're, they're banter right here with that big cyborg brain. Again, just Sam and Bucky here. They're just... Their personalities coming through because even if you watch interviews of these two, it's it doesn't really even feel like they're acting at this point. So Sam makes a comment here about they need to figure out how after 80 years there are eight super soldiers running loose. And I don't know if they're like disregarding the other winter soldiers from the end of Civil War. I don't know if this was a thing that was classified by the government or something, but they were definitely made in the 90s. And we don't know exactly what they did when they were under Hydra control, but this is not the first new set of super soldiers since Stephen Bucky. And as we come to find out, also Isaiah. So I, I think that them, you know, not acknowledging that is a little bit curious. Obviously, Bucky does know about those Winter Soldiers because he fought against them. And then, I mean, he was there when Zemo killed him. So it's just a little, little interesting to me. Walker pulls up and open the door and Sam and Bucky are both like, fuck you. And they keep walking. I love them for that. They eventually do end up getting in the car and Walker wants them to work together. But Sam and Bucky just really not having that shit. Bucky takes the words out of my mouth right here when he tells Walker that just because he's carrying that shield doesn't mean that he's Captain America. Mm-hmm. Sam does some more info dump shit and fills Walker and Hoskins in on the Flag Smashers and their goal. Hoskins lets them know they were actually tracking Sam through Red Wing. And Sam is real mad right here because they hacked his tech. And then Walker punk ass says, it's not hacking. Red Wing is actually government property and he's kind of the government. And for me right here, this is just a microcosm of why he's not Captain America. Oh, maybe these things would be why they could go to Wakanda. Yep. Get a new drone for him. Upgrade Bucky's arm because he has got fucked up in the fight. Definitely. I could see that. But for for me right here, this is just a microcosm of why 
he's not Captain America. Captain Captain America Steve Rogers stood for the ideals that was supposed to make America great. Freedom, liberty, and all of that good shit. Erskine specifically tells Steve before he gets the serum that he's meant to stay a good man and not become the perfect soldier. And Walker is literally the perfect soldier. He's a government pawn and he stands in exact opposition to what Captain America is supposed to be. And I fucking hate him. During this conversation, we get our first mention of the Global Repatriation Council, which is apparently in charge of getting displaced people from the blip resettled. And it sounds like big government bullshit to me. Then we, we get this line from Walker where he says, Vi- violent revolutionaries aren't usually good for anyone's causes. And Sam responds to that's usually said by people with the resources. And again, this this little back and forth right here proves to me why Walker is not Captain America and Sam is. Walker and Hoskins do the bidding of the GRC, which is the, the shorthand for the Global Repatriation Council. And they're meant to keep the world stable. And while I may not agree with the Flagsmathers' methods here, I like their ideology way more than that of Walker and Hoskins because they're really enforcing that idea of borders and shit where Flagsmathers want that one world, one people kind of thing. Hoskins says that Bucky and Sam were getting their asses kicked until they showed up. But uh, Walker and Hoskins both got their asses kicked too. And I, I just don't like Mug Son of a Bitch either. They're real, real fucking arrogant. Hoskins says he's Battlestar, and I know this is his name from the comic, but like, yo, how do you get to choose your own superhero name and settle on fucking Battlestar? Um, (laughs) (laughs) This this gives me like whole ass Space Force vibes, and that's a new branch of the government that I think is a fucking joke. Feels kind of like a lame attempt at a He-Man cartoon from the 80s. (laughs) Heavy metal. Oh, they're actually doing a a Thunderscat live action uh, CGI hybrid animation movie. Uh, the dude that um, directed Godzilla, uh, Kong, Godzilla vs. King Kong, whatever the name of it is, um, he's de- been tapped to direct that too. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about that because I really did rock with Thundercats when I was younger, but that may be one of those things. If you don't get the the special effects right in that, they may come off as as real goofy looking. Bucky wants to get out. He's not for the shit. Walker really has the odd audacity here to say that he's not trying to be or replace steve but got on good morning america and really said that steve was like a brother so i don't believe this at all and he says things would be a lot easier if he had cap's wingman at his side and first off don't ever call yourself cap you little bitch i wasn't sure he was calling himself cap so much as he was referring to sam as steve's wingman either way like you reduce him to a sidekick and fuck you yes you're coming here like you've ever done shit. Yes. Like you deserve anything. Yes. Like you've been through anything any of these people have been through. Fuck you. My point with it is, is Sam chose to follow Steve because he believed in Steve and what Steve stood for. And you want Sam at your side just to legitimize yourself as Captain America. I don't like this motherfucker at all. Honestly, I, I don't know if I hate him or Hayward more, but I, I think I'm leaning towards hating Walker more. Mm-hmm. And we getting real close to like MCU Clint levels of hate for me. And y'all know how I feel about that dipshit. (laughs) That's pretty high on the scale. (laughs) He's a dipshit patsy scab. Captain douchebag. Yes. Ugh. Like, I mean, I get that you're in the military and they probably didn't like really give him a choice as to whether or not he got to be Captain America. But you really seem to be enjoying this shit.
So now we cut to the Flag Smashers here, and there's really not a whole lot to, to break down about this scene, but it does do good work for the Flag Smashers as a group. They're on the run, obviously. They're a terrorist organization, um, drink, and it appears they're moving from small town to small town in Central and Eastern Europe. It looks like they call Carly Robin Hood. Uh, I mentioned this last episode, this could end up being her villain name, but the people, especially the ones who have lived through the blip, seem to be very, very fond of the Flag Smashers, which I, I think makes a lot of sense because, like we just talked about, the GRC seems to be focused on resettling people that came back from the blip and the people that have been here the entire time probably feel like they're being pushed to the side because of this. Mm -hmm. So in this scene, Carly gets a text. And I think that it's probably from the power broker who is mad that the Flag Smashers stole the Super Soldier Serum from him because they definitely uh, didn't pay for it. We see this in, in one of the, the latter scenes of this episode where the power broker's men pull up on the Flag Smashers and with the intent to, looks like, just kill everybody. In the, in the Flag Smashers, we've clearly got one tech head and he's wiping their aliases from the internet. Carly goes on to make this little speech that it feels if the people who were left here during the bleep or not blip are not getting the same care and attention from the GRC, like I just mentioned. And they can't let the people who were in power prior to the blip return to power again. And again, like I've said, I get their ideology, but I'm almost certain they're also planning a terrorist attack that we're going to see either in the third or the fourth episode here. And I, I don't think that you can unite the world through violence. So now we, we cut to Sam and Bucky. They're on the plane and uh, then going to meet Isaiah. For me, this is probably one of the most powerful sequences from the MCU. Bucky wanted to take the shield. Sam talking him off that ledge. The Black Falcon scene that we'll get. Isaiah and then the cops. It's just all great work. It's really phenomenal. And anyone that thought race wasn't going to be like an explicit issue that they were going to show on, on Falcon and the Winter Soldier... Uh, yo, uh, obviously this, this sequence right here proves that you're wrong, but let's go ahead and talk about these individual scenes real quick. Bucky says, let's take the shield and do this ourselves. And I feel this, Bucky, I get it. But Sam makes the most logical point ever right here. And if they take the shield, they're just going to end up on the run again. Sam says that they got nothing. They just fought eight super, so super soldiers and they have no idea what's going on. But Bucky says he has somebody that Sam needs to meet. So now we cut to Maryland. They're walking on the street towards Isaiah's house, and the kid calls Sam Black Falcon. The kid says that his dad told him that he was Black Falcon. And while I have no issue with black folks being proud of other black people getting their shine, especially embracing a black superhero like that, we don't always need to denote everything by race. Sam is Falcon, and Sam will be Captain America. We don't need to call him Black Falcon or Black Captain America. And this is a moment that this kid is going to carry for the rest of his life. And Sam takes this moment and diffuses it in, in a comedic kind of way. Whereas, you know, he, he actually could have gotten upset about this, but he say, he tells the kid like, yo, if I'm black Falcon, are you black kid? And that kid is just a kid. We don't, everything doesn't have to be about race. And yes, we do live in America where race is a very big thing, but everything's not about race. We don't always have to pull the race card. But the way that Sam does diffuse this, sense, this tense situation with comedy is hysterical. And I love that about Sam. The way that he daps up the other little kid because he starts laughing at his buddy. So then they get to the Bradley household here. And this is our first introduction to Eli Bradley. We'll talk about him a little bit here in the theory section too. But he's definitely going to end up on part of that Young Avengers roster. But he opens the door and they ask for Isaiah. Bucky asks for Isaiah. And Eli tells him that nobody by this name lives here. Bucky says something about the bar and Go Yang. And you know, it, it appears that, that Bradley knows who Bucky is because Bradley fought Bucky as the Winter Soldier and apparently beat his ass. 
I would like to point out here that this is probably because Bucky is the weakest super soldier around. He wasn't made from the same stuff that Steve was or the other Winter Soldiers or even Isaiah Bradley was made for. But he was made from experiments by Zola and they were likely using the Red Skull's blood to try and recreate the Super Soldier Serum. And the Red Skull was made with an incomplete and an imperfect version of the formula. And so while Bucky is a Super Soldier, he's probably the weakest one around. Mm. That that mention in the bar and Go Yang does the, get them access to to Isaiah Bradley. And so here we find out a little bit, a little bit about Isaiah. Uh, they met in 51. I think that this story that, that Bradley tells is probably more evidence that Bucky was not on ice for as long as we thought he was and that he was way more active than even the intelligence community really ever thought. And as a pause in the comics, just for a little fun, Isaiah was the original Captain America. But yeah, Bradley gets mad when Bucky says that he's not a killer anymore. And Isaiah responds, you think you can wake up one day and decide who you want to be? I think that this line right here is probably going to play a big role into Sam eventually taking up the mantle as Captain America. They definitely panned to Sam in this moment. Yeah. This first line about folks like you is definitely talking about white folks because, uh, yo, in America, white people can wake up and decide that they want to be something different. But that's not really the same for black people. You you wake up every day and you're a black person and you got to deal with that. I'm hoping that Bradley's backstory here in the MCU is going to be an adaptation of the comics. And that we're not going to do Erskine experimenting on black folks. But but Jenny did mention a second ago that Bradley was the first Captain America and he eventually gets court-martialed for his actions as a hero. And I, I think that that would just fucking kill Erskine's character and that would fucking suck. Yeah. But we do find out that that Bradley was jailed for 30 years and they continue to experiment on him in an effort to duplicate the formula. So mm, there is potential that this was done when Erskine got to America when he was trying to perfect his formula. But again, I would just really, really hate that. This second reference here that Bradley makes to your people, this isn't a race thing, but he's talking about Hydra trying to recreate the super soldier serum. We see Isaiah Bradley throw that that little canister and it gets stuck in the wall. And Sam at that point obviously realizes that Bradley's a super soldier. It looks like Sam is getting ready to ask some questions about Bradley, but Bradley's not having that shit and just tells him to get the fuck out of his house. And Sam is incensed with the fact that Bucky has never told him about Isaiah before. And this appears to be like a really big government secret that that honestly very, very few people knew about. We have them arguing in the street and we have a cop car pull up. And I've titled this section of the notes, fuck the police, because <laughs> Because 100%. fuck 12. Yes. Took the words out of my mouth. Fuck him. And the first thing he does is to tell Sam to calm down. And, yo, first off, please don't tell black people to calm down. I, I can't stand that black rage is always looked at as something that's violent. But Sam tells the cop that him and Bucky are just having a conversation. And there's literally nothing wrong about this. But the cops always jump to protect white people and always place the black person as a villain in these situations. Yeah, this was so brutal. And for me, it's absolutely mind blowing that Bucky is like the world's most notorious assassin. And this is who the police jump to defend in this situation. Right. The cop asks for Sam ID and Sam's like, yo, there's no reason for me to give you my ID. And he asked for it again. And Bucky... James Buchanan Barnes, be a better fucking ally than this. Yeah, Bucky fucks up here. Yes, just give them your ID, man. Like, nah, bruh, Sam literally has done nothing wrong besides mm -hmm. exist in the world as a black person. There's no need for the cops to have stopped and, and done anything about this. And then, nah, you don't need his fucking ID. Suck my fucking dick, bruh. Fuck that shit. Yo, yeah. fuck that. 
fuck your privileges showing, which was, of course, the point. But it was fucking, oh, no, it was disappointing. Especially when you expect so much more from Bucky. I think Bucky gets a little bit of a pass because he is from a completely different time. And even though he's been active for all those years, he was active as the Winter Soldier. And he didn't really get to to get modernized at this point or, or at all through that. But yeah, the cop goes on to say, is this guy bothering you? And just, yeah, what the fuck? But this is honestly how cops operate in the real world. White people are always protected by the police. And I mean, if we talk about the entire foundation of the police, historically, they started off as slave catchers. And so they are here to protect and serve, but they're here to protect and serve white supremacy and the current power structures we have in this country. Mm -hmm. The cop that's not talking realizes who they're talking to and whispers to his buddy. And as soon as this cop realizes it, his entire demeanor changes And this right here is the problem, yo. If Sam was a random black person, it's an issue. But because he's a superhero, all of a sudden it's, oh, oh, I'm sorry, sir. My bad. I didn't mean to do anything. Fucking pig. But once again, in this moment, we see Mackie and he doesn't speak, but you can just see the devastation written across his face. And any black person in America that's had any running with the cops, yo, you personally knows how this feels. Yeah, he does in this scene what basically what any mother would have to unfortunately tell her child like just like yep. lay low and kind of yep take it and like it's a, like that's uh, that's fucking awful and humiliating and fucking uh, it makes me sick there was there was a time i got pulled over one day i was leaving work i was working overtime and i went to willie's to go get some nachos and i was headed home and so i had a, a pontiac firebird at the time so you know if you just look at the gas pedal on that joint it just takes the fuck off so I was probably going a little bit too fast, but the nachos fell out of the seat. So I reached down to get them. And I guess I swerved like a little bit. Oops. So a cop pulled me over. He was like, sir, uh, what's going on? He asked me what I was doing. And then he asked me literally four fucking times if I had anything illegal in the car. I said, sir, I'm literally leaving work. I was working overtime. I'm just trying to get home. Like, no, I don't have a gun. I don't have drugs. I don't have anything. I'm just trying to go home. But repeatedly asked over and over and over again if I had anything illegal. And I, I don't feel like white people get that same treatment. That's not how shit happens. But yeah, jumping back to the scene, we see a second cop car pull up and for literally no reason, but that's literally how cops roll. I live in Cobb County and, yo, they're notorious for this. You'll see a person get pulled over, especially a black person, and there'll end up being like three or four cop cars there. And like, for what? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. We see a bunch of random white people just standing around in in the neighborhood and just watching, not intervening at all, not saying anything. Um, and honestly, this is how a lot of these Get your phones out. This is how a lot of these situations unfold in real life. And it's it's they did. A, again, shout out to this to this writer's room, this yep. largely black writer's room, because you couldn't recreate this scene and have it true to the black experience unless you have black people who have dealt with this kind of stuff firsthand. Mm-hmm. Bucky answers Sam's question and tells Sam that he never told anybody about Isaiah because he had already been through enough. And I do respect Bucky for that. The cops link Bucky up. And to me, honestly, this is so funny to to put a super soldier in handcuffs because, like, <laughs> if Bucky didn't want to be in handcuffs, he's not going to be in handcuffs. Right. He's com- he's being compliant. Yeah. It's also so people can see it a little bit. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we cut to the police station. We see Bucky getting released and Dr. Rayner is there. Boo. I mean, good that he's getting released, but I don't like her. I, I still like her. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, there was an interview with her actress that says that she knows if she doesn't push Bucky to get these answers, that Bucky's going to end up dead on some suicide type stuff or, you know, just being reckless on a mission. So it's at, at this point now, it's not even so much what she did in the last episode. It's this one. I think she's really unprofessional. I, I mean, that's that's fair. But yeah, Walker is the one that that got Bucky out. And I don't think that Walker did this out of the goodness of, of his heart, but to win points with Sam and Bucky in hopes that he could get them to work with him. And the way that he does this is just so fucking smug. And ugh, I hate him. Right. Weird flex, Johnny, but OK. <laughs> um, so now we got the couples therapy couples time. Therapy time. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I think she's a little unprofessional. I think she's the worst therapist ever. And she calls it out. This is a little unprofessional. I'm like, yeah, you think you think I, I again am not she, necessarily like, makes in- Sam join without his consent. Even which a, she's like, get in here. Is, I'm like, fuck you. I really don't like her. Is a huge problem. But again, Bucky's not going to make it through this. He's not. He's just not going to make it if if they don't get answers. And even though this he's may on be some Trump supporter shit, she's a fan I, of John Walker. She's on the Trump supporter shit. I'm not a fan. Okay, I'm not a fan. She she gets she Bucky would be to, in your mentions defending John Walker, and I call her a Trump supporter and muter. Yeah, um, that's all I but, have to say about that. We can move on. But but she gets Bucky to actually talk about what's wrong. And again, we talked about this last episode and. Her methods may fucking suck, and Bucky might be fucking hurt after this, but he needed to tell Sam what the fuck he felt like that. Uh, well, and that's one of my issues with Sam here is we go through this scene is he doesn't open up to Bucky the same way that Bucky up, opens up to him. Um, but let's let's talk True, about but this. Bucky's also been in therapy for month or however long now. So and Sam hasn't and he just gets thrown into it. He only makes he really only makes things worse at the end of this scene, though. Um, yeah. But these little exercises are really cute. We get another staring contest. Yes. Yes. Um, they, it's hilarious because they're like scissoring. <laughs> Scissor me tapers. The, the, first, the first exercise they do is called the miracle question. And um, it's funny that Sam says yes and Bucky says no here. But they both say that they wish the other would talk less. And then so we get to the soul gazing one like Jenny just mentioned. And yeah, this this whole sequence is real funny until shit gets real right here. And Bucky wants to know why Sam gave up the shield. And Sam doesn't get deep into his reasons of why he gave up the shield, but he wants to know why Bucky is making such a big deal out of something that has nothing to do with Bucky. And this is, like I said, I, I understand your disagreement with, the, with her methods, but Bucky does need to talk about this shit. Sure. Bucky says, Steve believed in you. He trusted you. He gave you that shield for a reason. That shield, that is... That is everything he stood for. That is his legacy. He gave you that shield and you threw it away like it was nothing. Sam says, shut up, Bucky, which, again, that's, yo, Bucky is exposing his soul right here and you tell him to shut up. Yikes. Then Bucky goes on to say, so maybe he was wrong about you, and if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And then again, this is Bucky just laying his soul fucking bare. And Sam says, are you finished? All right, good. And so maybe this is something... That's some toxic masculinity. Yes. And maybe this is something that you and Steve will never understand, but can you accept that I did what I thought was right? Which is a fair thing to say. It is. The other things I was like, eh, this 
I'm okay with. I I'm not sure I like that he's not addressing anything else either. I and and that's my th- this this right here the scene broke me a little bit, man. Bucky is clearly struggling with his past and the fact that Steve believed in him, and this is really the only thing keeping Bucky going at this point. And that belief has been shook to its core because if Steve was wrong about Sam, then he was wrong about Bucky, and Bucky feels like he doesn't deserve redemption or probably even life. Sam in this moment is struggling with being the symbol for America as a black man. And this is the thing that Bucky or Steve will never understand. White people can be allies and they should always use their privilege to continue to try and change things for the better. But they'll never be a black man in a white man's world. And there are some things that come with that and one that are just hard to vocalize to white people and that white people will just never understand. We saw this unfold with that previous scene with the cops. And again, Bucky's the world's most notorious assassin, but the police come to his defense. Then when they find out that Bucky has a warrant for his arrest, they just peacefully take, take him in. If Sam was about to be arrested, I guarantee you they would have handled Sam in a completely different manner. And that whole situation unfolds completely different. It's one of the things in the real world why we see white shooters are more often than not apprehended alive and unarmed black people. Criminals or not are routinely killed by the cops at a big, a much disproportionate rate. That's not to say that white people aren't killed by the by the cops but at a, at a much disproportionate rate for black folks yep but here this is this is where i have the problem is bucky opened up to sam here but sam needs to reciprocate bucky may not understand being black in america but bucky is also from the 40s yo you you have to make it explicit that this is something that while you may never understand this is why i did it not just oh this vague thing about you may you and steve may never understand it It's a real big statement, and as a black person, I absolutely get where Sam is coming from, but Bucky clearly doesn't, and Sam's vague response, followed by with with his follow-up here telling him to shut up, um, and then saying that they just need to complete this mission and then they never have to see each other again, simply reinforces the idea in Bucky's head that he is undeserving of redemption, and man, that shit hurted. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking, and they're supposed to be friends, like, you know, it's supposed, it's kind of bro banter and the dynamic they've had going on and this is really sad and and I obviously can't say I understand but I can empathize with Sam obviously not wanting yes. to have to teach white yes. people how they need to act but at the same time he could still get real with him about some of the other yep. stuff even if he doesn't want to do that work because he doesn't like we've yes. said before he doesn't have to but there's like, yeah, there's other stuff they could do in regards or he could do in regards to their relationship. Yep. But he just wants to check out. And I'm not really sure I understand. I, I understand being upset, certainly, but I'm not sure I understand the wanting to completely shut somebody out. That makes me sad. Yeah. And for, for this, for this. Yes. In particular. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, and- I'm a cold ha- I'm a cold hard bitch. Like, I have no problem. <laughs> it. Ain't nothing to cut that bitch off. Is that what they say in the song? Yep. Yes, yep. that's the one. And and that's my thing is you don't necessarily have to teach Bucky anything about race, but that vague answer, it's clear that Bucky doesn't understand this and he's struggling, you know? Yeah. I, I think that just giving him a little bit more and then being a little more sympathetic with the way that you end the conversation. But I do think you make a fair point that, that Bucky has been in therapy for a little while and Sam yeah. just literally gets dragged into this. Uh, without his consent. Sure. And and there's something to be said for masculinity in this scene, too. Yes. Like Bucky's doing the thing where he's kind of embracing healing and embracing what, you know, I'm not going to get too heady into it, but embracing healing. And yeah. Sam 
is probably just doing the best he can with what he's been given as masculinity yep. for his models, whether, you know, his father, it was his father or, you know, knowing Steve, who wasn't necessarily the most touchy feely dude or, yep. you know, uh, just being in the military, things like that. It's pretty it's pretty typical that you see feeling like strength is disconnected from emotion. And I think we're seeing that Bucky is learning that that's not the case. And yep. Sam hasn't yet been able to reconcile with that and that's understandable when you go through a fucking lot yep it's as we saw with wanda it's hard to process and i I mean that is a thing in the black community is black men aren't aren't really given the space to be emotional and to deal with their emotions so like i said i i understand sam in this scene sure it's it's still real hard to watch and i do think this is something that obviously sam and bucky will continue to work through throughout the show but it, man, watching this scene, yeah, that that shit, oof, it hurted. So Sam leaves in a, in a huff like that, and Bucky and Raina share a few more words, and Bucky asks, what was rule number two again? And if we hearken back to the first episode, rule number two was don't hurt anybody. And, yo. And everybody walked away from this scene feeling like hammered dog shit. Even the therapist felt like shit. And see, like I said, like, yo, I, I still, I, I kind of like her, yo. She doesn't necessarily feel good about this, but again, she has to get Bucky to open up about this shit. And while everybody does leave this situation feeling like shit, I think this is the first step in progress towards them resolving some of these issues. That's how therapy goes. Yeah. <laughs> you often leave feeling kind of like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Bucky are walking out of the police station and john walker is a whole entire piece of shit for using a police siren to get sam and bucky's attention yeah fuck this motherfucker one why would you ever do this to any black person ever and then bucky literally just got out of jail and you do this shit with a fucking smile on your face (laughs) such a dick after he already basically said i'm the law with like we are the government and i'll get you out of jail and whoop whoop (laughs) could put you back if i wanted to bitch i hate it Hoskins is a whole ass bitch. He a whole ass Uncle Tom for sitting there condoning that shit. Even if, even, yo, this is not one of the things you do in private, bro. No, you need to call that motherfucker out right now. Ugh. 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 Yikes. So then they start to have a conversation about they need to work together again. And he says, we've been targeting civilians. And man, fuck him and the government. Um, I, again, I don't like Walker. I don't like him at all. I've talked about this before. And I even said this early on the episode that my opinion of him will probably change when he doesn't have the shield anymore, when he's us agent. But to be honest, this dude may just be a whole ass fucking scumbag. And there's a chance that he does end up discharged from the military due to some actions he may take. We'll get into this soon. And that may end up accentuating and, and enhancing some of the worst parts of him. So I may end up never liking Walker. Um, but I will say again that Wyatt Russell is killing the role, you know, um, he's oh, yeah. really leaned into, to being an asshole and he's doing a fantastic job with it because every time I see his face on screen, I want to fucking punch him. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, in this scene, we see that Bucky clearly does know how to push John's walk, John Walker's buttons. And honestly, I love this. And Walker kind of starts to lose his cool a little bit. And I really hope that, that soon Bucky punches him in the face the same way I want to punch him in the face. But Sam does jump in and defuse his situation. It wouldn't make sense for them to work together. To which Walker Punk Ass responds, then stay the hell out of my way. And I hope that 
fucking Hoskins and Walker get in Sam and Bucky's way and Sam and Bucky beat the ever living shit out of them. To be honest, I hope that I hope that Bucky beats a Hoskins so bad that he almost dies. And this is what John Walker wants revenge about, which we'll talk about here in the theory section. Woo. That's why that's why John Walker may get go to go get dosed up with some super soldier serum. But we'll talk about that here in a second, because fuck that motherfucker. Fuck him. I mean, fuck. I wanted Hermione Granger to run in and punch his Malfoy looking ass in the mouth for sure. For sure. I saw this note where you stepped away and I started dying. <laughs> so yeah, we, we cut to the Flag Smashers again and this scene is real quick. The Power Brokers men are about to catch up with the Flag Smashers on uh, that airstrip. And one of the Flag Smashers who they don't even name in this is willing to sacrifice themselves for the others to get away. We'll just call him Swiss Cheese. He walks up there, ends up with more holes than an Afghan. I'll hold them off, and he just gets yeah. peppered. He doesn't do shit. You literally no. just take a bunch of bullets. Like, what What was I mean, the he reason? Did, he pushed He pushed the flagpole down so that they couldn't get the cars over there, and it did allow for the plane to get away. That's you know, fair. He, he served his purpose. He, he knew what he was getting into when he went over there. And while Carly does let Swiss cheese make the ultimate <laughs> sacrifice... <laughs> It does clearly kill her emotionally to do so. And to be honest, I love sympathetic villains. And it's just funny how much more I dig the villain in this show than I do John Walker's punk ass. Yeah, I really like her and I really like Erin Kellerman. She's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah. So I'm a yeah. fan. She's really only 22. Her. She's she only does 22. Look like a baby. And she's been in, in the MCU and Star Wars already. Um, so Go she's far. probably got like. One, she's getting crazy as uh, residual checks for mm-hmm. like life at this point. Hell and yeah. then she's probably got a real bright future ahead of her because she does. She's she's done a phenomenal job so far. I should the same that we've talked about Mackie and Stan. Her watching old boy get get Swiss cheese from the plane. Yo, that tore her up, and she didn't say anything. But you could see just all that on her face. So, yeah. Aaron, uh, welcome I, to the good for her club. Yeah, that's good for her. Yeah. Sam asks what Bucky is thinking, and Bucky says he knows what they have to do. Um, but th- at this point, like I mentioned earlier, Bucky makes it explicit that that second mention of my people from Bradley wasn't about him being white, but was about him being part of Hydra. And there's one person who knows everything that's gone on with Hydra, and that is Barrett Helmet fucking Zemo. And classical Requiem starts playing, and this is my new ath- aesthetic in life, and I can't wait to see what the fuck Zemo has in store. You need to strike up Lord Knows by Meek Mill from Creed. It was was from the Creed soundtrack. It's a fucking jam. It uses the same instrumental instrumental as a sample. Play it over that scene as you play out the fucking show and let that beat drop and let it fill you with fucking lightning. Yes. But the way that it plays and then Zemo just looks up and then the episode cuts to the outro. That that meme that I post all the time on Twitter, in conclusion, my dick is hard. <laughs> Whew. Um so this that's the, obviously the end of the episode, and we've just got a couple Your of little theories episode. here. Your favorite yeah, episode thus so far. far. Because look, we got Zemo. Yeah, and and like I said, that sequence from them being on the plane to showing up at Isaiah Bradley's house to that cop sequence. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's some of the best shit we've gotten from the MCU. And it was important. And and then to have Zemo finally show up, um, this probably will stay towards the the top of my uh list of of episodes for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But yeah, man, I'm real curious to see what uh what Zemo finna get into. 
And so the, the first little theory we have right here is Zemo's clearly still in jail from his actions in these in Civil War. So in the trailer, it looks like Sam and Bucky are there at in a prison break kind of scene. So I'm curious if they're going to be involved in actually breaking Zemo out of prison himself or if Zemo just somehow takes advantage of Sam and Bucky being there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really have any concrete thoughts on that, but we know that Zemo does obviously get out of jail. It could be that... It may not even be a prison break type thing. It may be that Sam gets them to discharge Zemo in, uh, like into his custody or something. And then Zemo escapes from them. I, I still think that Zemo is probably lined up <clears throat> to be on the Thunderbolts team, which is, uh, uh, kind of like, uh, the MCU's version of the Suicide Squad, um, yeah. where you've got the villains. Uh, and they don't necessarily go on like suicide missions, but they do some things that heroes wouldn't necessarily be able to do. I think that Zemo will be a very big part of that. There's potential that he's actually the leader of that team. Um, there, there are some iterations in the comics where he is the leader. So I am curious to see where that goes. And so there's, there's lots of different ways, you know, the MCU spin on things. There's lots of different ways he can go, but, but Zemo is definitely getting out of jail and he gonna have the purple mask. And the trench coat. Oh, and I can't wait. Oh, my I was God. reading today about Zemo in the comics and how adhesive X caused his mask to stick to his face stick to his face. And I was like, yeah. damn, that sucked. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I digress. No, you're I'm good. Really I'm excited so excited. To see more Zemo. I love Zemo so much. Oh. Great attitude. He lost in March Sadness to Gemma Simmons, which I'm OK with. Because I do love Gemma Simmons, but y'all gonna start putting that respect on Zemo's name that he fucking deserves. Dude broke up the Avengers with the fucking red notebook, dude. That's it. He don't have no superpowers, no abilities, and broke up the fucking Avengers. He's the reason that Thanos won. If Thanos had, if, if Thanos went up against the Avengers together, pff, we don't even get Endgame because they beat him in Infinity War. Two things. But be- yep. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. A. Oh my God. Now my brain. <laughs> oh, they were good too. Um, well, one thing is, what if he reactivates Bucky? Hey, well, see, I don't know that you can reactivate Bucky. Reactivate, reactivate Bucky anymore. I think they took that programming out of his head in Wakanda. In Wakanda, okay. I think that there's that scene that we've seen in the trailer where Bucky's got the gun pointed at Zemo. I do think that Zemo tries to reactivate Bucky, but Bucky's immune to that at this point. Uh, the next thing isn't necessarily a, well, I guess it's kind of a theory, but but we do get our introduction here to Eli Bradley, and I'm curious if they're going to do anything different from the comic books. In the comics, he doesn't actually have powers, but that's because Dad never had powers because Isaiah Bradley was already tested, being tested on after he had had. I don't know what the 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 father of Bradley's name is, Eli's father is. But we've already seen that the power worker does exist. I could definitely see how a street version of the super soldier serum does get out there and that it, it like in the comics, it just gives you powers for like a little while. Or if there is potential for, you know, there to have been some genetic stuff passed down to Eli Bradley and if they'll put the MCU spin on him. I do think it's a cool thing to, you know, to investigate drug usage like that. Um, the way that we were kind of looking at some race issues. I think that would be a cool thing to explore in the MCU. So I could really see him go either way with that. And interesting that in the comics, the drug that he uses is called mutant growth hormone, MGH. Yep. Mutants coming yep. soon to a TV near you. Definitely. I'm curious if Eli's going to play sidekick to Sam like Patriot does in the comics, maybe to 
get mentored before the Young Avengers like you and I talked about before the recording? I can definitely see that. I, I'm real curious. I We talked about this earlier, you and I did, that they may potentially do all of the Young Avengers kind of got somebody that they team up with before, you know, that team actually forms. Yeah, which would be cute. I'm not opposed to uh, Patriot and Sam, but honestly, I, I kind of would like to see Patriot and Bucky because I think that Torres is going to fill that that sure. role for Sam. I like that too. Um, that, that Torres will be that that kind of thing. And then, you know, you've got that interesting dynamic because there are some conversations in one of the Young Avengers runs that Bucky and and Eli do have. And then you've you've got the whole thing in the MCU now where Isaiah and and Bucky have fought each other before. So there could be some tension or some animosity between those two. I think that would be real cool. You could play that out. Um, but yeah, I'm not opposed to him, you know, being mentored by Sam either. I would like to see Sam mentor a bunch of folks, you know, that would be real cool. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I definitely know that he's coming with that that Young Avengers team. And I'm real excited about Young Avengers. Very yeah. excited about Young Avengers. All right, so this this is one that I talked about here a moment ago is John Walker is going to kind of like break bad at some point. Um, I think that he probably will end up getting discharged from the army. That's something that does happen in the comics. This is actually, this theory is kind of from um, Up to Task on Twitter. He's a big comic book head uh, on Twitter. If you like comic books, like actual, like the comics themselves, I would definitely recommend you follow him. But I've been kind of trying floating the idea around even before I saw his theory. I had it in the notes that Walker would probably get discharged from the military. And he said, what if there's a possibility that Hoskins ends up getting injured real bad and Walker wants to get revenge and go and could go off the deep end. And his actions in that could cause him to get discharged from the army. So like I just said a moment ago where I kind of hope that, you know, Bucky beats the brakes off of Hoskins and, and beats him like with an inch of his life that... John Walker may not even get what causes him to get discharged from the military. Maybe the fact that he goes and gets the super soldier serum because he wants to be able to fight Bucky because Bucky beats his best friend up. And so he would want revenge. What if he does that? And he gets discharged from the army and he doesn't want to give up the shield at that point. That would give us an avenue where Sam and Bucky would be able to legitimately take the shield from him. And we get to see that whole Sam and Bucky versus you know, a superpower John Walker kind of thing, because the way that they're playing him right now, he really feels like he's going to come up, come off as a villain towards the end of the show. Um, you, you obviously can do some stuff. And, and if you do do that and make him kind of like a villain, at least in a, a hard anti-hero role, then he does become a great candidate for that Thunderbolts roster too, especially if you've got him super powered at that point too. Try. But yeah. Um, I, I don't know what exactly will come to pass, but I do think that John Walker will get discharged from the army. He will get super soldier serum and that he won't want to give the shield up and that will put him at odds. I mean, the way he said at the end of this episode, stay out of my way. They're clearly going to cross paths. And the next time that John Walker and, and Battlestar, that goofy ass name, Yikes. show up, they're not going to be there to save Sam and Bucky from shit. Um, it may be one of those things. It'd be way cooler if it were Morningstar. Oh, yeah. Like the uh, yeah. like the mace weapon slash fucking Lucifer. Shout out to Lil Nas X, by the way. I really oh, yeah. want some of those fucking shoes, dude. Yo, those shits go dumb hard. Uh, I'm so, I love how riled up. Yo. This is people have told him forever that because he's gay, he's going to go to hell. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he makes a video where he's like, fuck it. I'm going to hell and I'm fucking the devil. And y'all are actually this is what y'all told him was going to happen. And y'all are mad about it still. I don't get it. You know what? Die mad. I, I don't get it. You know what? Die mad. Good for him. Good for him. Yes. Little Nas X. Welcome to the good for her club. <laughs> Jenny, I love you. Good for her. <laughs> 
So here's kind of a reach. It's it's a something I thought about after the first episode had time to percolate. And I had a little look-see at the encyclopedia today. And I found a little info on Belladonna and Gambit. Mm-hmm. Now that New Orleans has come into play in the MCU with the Wilson family, do we think we might see a little bit of the Guild of Assassins in Deadpool 3? I would say the Deadpool 3 might be a little early because I don't think that the mutants are going to be full-blown introduced by that point. And I think that Deadpool 3 is going to deal more with how he ends up in the MCU timeline. But I definitely like this idea with the New Orleans ties. I Because, th- again, like I've said before about the mutants, is I definitely think that they already exist. <laughs> Joe! I definitely think that they already exist. And if any of them got snapped away and then returned in the blip, and if we're going to go with my theory here about, you know, Xavier going a little memory darker route. Out. Yeah, and doing a memory r- wipe. If you come back, I or if Xavier got snapped, it would make sense why we start to see some mutants crop up here. We've gotten some some real big Louisiana ties at this point with Monica and Maria Rambo at this point and Sam and yeah. uh, Sarah Wilson. So yeah, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we uh if if they crop up randomly somewhere, you know, fuck around, let Jenny let Jenny be right and let them show up in like a post credit scene or some shit. Woo! I don't know, maybe we even see somebody like that in in Madripoor when we get there. Yeah, um, because that is a, a mutant haven. So the mutants are definitely coming. I definitely think that we're going to start to see them crop up here real soon, a hundred percent. And I'm really really excited for that. I know that they are actually now. Uh, developing a property right now. It's called The Mutants. Mm. Yeah, so that is in development. They're definitely coming, but we're not going to see like a full-blown mutant property till 2023 at the very, very earliest. Yes, but Deadpool 3 may be something that had, it may be the first mutant property. Yeah, but like I, I just said, feel I think like it could kind of open things up. And now that we've had two shows mention New Orleans, I, I forgot about Miss Monica over there. Yeah, I just feel like it's kind of... Maybe we see that simultaneously, like if we see New Orleans again later in this show, maybe we'll see that in the background something else is going on. And maybe that gives room for Deadpool to enter the MCU with the mutants there or something, because we know maybe we see them in Madripoor first. Then you're like, oh, man, they're already mutants in America. And then that opens it up for what happens in New Jersey, maybe. And so on and so forth. I don't know. Yeah, there are lots of options. It's the theory section. We'll find out lots, how wrong lots I am soon, I'm sure. <laughs> you know I'll eat that shit. I'm not Agatha. You're Agatha. You know I will eat it. It's what I will eat crow. I mean, but the for me the the fun with theorizing is exploring those ideas, you know, and delving into stuff is I I know I'm not always right with theories. I I am on point a whole lot, but you know, there are so many especially with the thing like the mutants, there are so many different ways you can go with it. Um I so think Eternals many. will Definitely give us some some answers, especially about the origins of of the mutants in the, yeah. the MCU. But there's just and the, and that's the thing right now is there's just so much up in the air. And when you talk about mutated genes or the X gene, there's it's just it's so much that you can do with it. I'm just so excited for ours to activate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now that we got our vaccines, go get your X genes, everybody. For real, we said it at the beginning of the episode, but if you do have the opportunity in your state, whatever your restrictions are, you know, whatever they've got going on. And if your health allows you or, you know. If you, because I mean, definitely if, if you've got some stuff going on, definitely obviously discuss that with your doctor. But if if you've got the availability, you know, and you're a healthy person, oh, let's go ahead and do that, man. Let's, let's kind of get shit back to normal a little bit. But yeah, go get vaccinated if you can. 
Woo! If you can't, I completely understand. But if you can, do your part. Please do it. This shit. Get rid of this shit. Yes. I want to go to concerts. Yes, I want to be able to travel again. Jesus, I want to go up to Rhode Island and see my brother and Jenny. That, Woo! You guys can come be to the beach. Fantastic. Yes. Ugh, I just need to not be in my apartment all the time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But I think that probably about wraps us up for the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. As always, thank y'all so much for joining us. We love y'all. Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, I definitely would, again, encourage everybody to come and hang out in Discord. The best way to do that is to follow us over on Twitter or Instagram at History of the MCU. Shoot us a DM and we'll get you that Discord link. You can find me on Twitter at Lord underscore Anarchy or Lord of Thunder. The second O is a zero. The O and of. And you can find me on Twitter at Bloody Baroness or on Instagram at It's the Bloody Baroness. And it is a modeling pages 18 plus folks. Sorry. Hopefully, hopefully you're 18 plus if you are here anyway, but just don't go being surprised. That's all. Yo, Denny Instagram page is fucking fire. <laughs> you be killing it, yo. Killing Thanks. it. Uh, like I said, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at history of the MCU. Check out our website, history of the Shoot us an email. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Send us some cool cosplay. Let us know about your pets, anything. We just want to connect with y'all. History of the MCU at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out MCU and Bruce, a new show where Zach and Jake get a little saucy and explain MCU movies. Coming up soon, we'll have MCU featuring you, where Jake has on a variety of people to discuss their MCU history or their favorite movies and picks or it didn't happen, which is my new uh, NFL podcast with my pal eFlow. It will be moving to its own channel. I'm doing some research, but the first episode is right here at home on the history of the MCU. We did take a break while I was traveling, but we'll be back yep. up and running this week. We are Patriots fans. Sorry. So... We do get excited about Patriots news, but we're talking about other football stuff too. And we're also just kind of freak ass bitches. So hopefully you'll come and hang out with us and we'll be having cool guests on our first episode. We had Fitzy, who is of shit Pats fans say fame. And he's a W.E.E.I. personality. He's a dope ass dude, a football pal of ours. And it was super fun. So we're going to have more fun guests like that coming up soon. Yo, y'all's fucking Patriots. Y'all signing. This offseason was fucking ridiculous. And I think we're about to get back Garoppolo the Don. And I can't wait. He's so fucking hot. I want to have his babies. Ah, Hit me up, Jimmy. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, Jimmy G, hit my girl up, yo. (laughs) And then tweet about the history of the MCU podcast. Well, just tag Joe in. He'll he'll fucking love it. Jimmy's a beautiful man. Let's Let's go. You You love to see it. You love to see it. I'll be living my best life. Chugga chugga choo choo, baby. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nope. But as we say at the end of every episode, <laughs> bye. For a disclaimer, for even just you, we can cut this out. I just want you to know that, like, I never intend to do anything where I speak for anyone in the black community by any means. Sometimes if I'll speak about any sort of black experience, it often comes from, uh, I took a couple of, uh, the courses were journalism and black popular culture. Uh And we did a lot of study on 
like masculinity and hip hop in the black community yep. and homophobia in yep. hip hop in the black community and things like that. So just when I talk about things like that, I'm never trying to speak for anybody. It's just coming from a place where like, oh, these are things that I studied and I had like discourse with, with my professor who has been a dear friend of mine since 2007 or eight. We're Bad. still really close. Like we talk all the time. So I'm not, again, trying to speak for anybody or step out of line and feel free to like, you know, put me in my place if I ever step out of line. But well, one, no, you haven't. And I think one, it's, it's, I think it's a good perspective. Um, you know, because it's, it's, I do know that it's hard for some white people to accept and talk about these things. Um, but you, anytime that you do talk about black people, one, like you just said in that a moment ago, you can empathize with Sam. You may not know how he feels, but you can empathize. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the correct way to talk about it. Put this as the, the post credit scene. Okay. Cause I think that's a good, a good thing for people to, to know about you, you know?